AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for August 22nd, 2022. I'm your host, JD, from New York, as always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. Triple H, he continues to wow us. Every single week he's been in charge, man. Four weeks now. Four weeks with Triple H in charge. And tonight, after one week, after one week of taking it easy, he's back with the returns. And tonight, we got Johnny Gargano back in the WWE. I said this last night on OTS 441. If you guys missed any of that stuff, it's on the channel. Go and check that out on the homepage. Talked about Johnny Gargano and Johnny Gargano being reached out to by Shawn Michaels to come on back to the company. Shawn Michaels and Triple H absolutely adore both Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. And for all the obvious reasons, we talked about this so many times throughout the years, that both of them basically are mirror images of Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And their entire feud in NXT, which in my honest opinion is one of the best feuds in the history of WWE, with the matches to back it up. Some of the best matches, some of the best produced matches in the history of this company. Single-handedly have almost resurrected my enjoyment about WWE's product because of Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. He's back tonight. After all the rumors of Shawn Michaels reaching out to him and all the rumors about Triple H being back in charge, and Johnny Gargano would definitely give WWE another look. There were rumors that he may show up in Cleveland on Wednesday for AEW. A lot of people already thought he should be with AEW. That is not the case. Johnny Gargano is back in the WWE, and he comes back with his old theme, his old NXT theme, Rebel Heart. Now, all we're missing, really, is Mauro Ranallo. That would really complete... The entire piece to the puzzle. I'd love it, but I don't think that's going to happen. That's just wishful thinking on my behalf. But Johnny Gargano back in the WWE on Monday Night Raw. I know a lot of people are probably scratching your head or their head about why he returned tonight and in the manner in which he did return tonight. Basically, I was, let me paint a picture for you. I was actually grabbing myself a cup of iced tea in my refrigerator And luckily, I got back just as the commercial ended. All of a sudden, I sit down, and then we hear Rebel Heart. I say to myself, what the fuck? And I'm looking at my TV. My cat startled because I yelled out, what the fuck? And lo and behold, Johnny Gargano was back on television. I know a lot of people thought the return was a little bizarre, 
and unceremonious, and I know a lot of people would have probably preferred him to go and come back saving Champa. I've been very vocal about how do you re-debut Johnny Gargano in WWE on the main roster? I said, well, let's look at the overall landscape of WWE. After the draft, it's going to be a little bit more stacked than it was only three months ago. And we're rumored to get a draft in September. So with Johnny Gargano, obviously we know what he's capable of as a singles. He's one of the best guys in all the WWE. One of the best in the world is Johnny Gargano. But I felt like his value was probably going to be most if you paired him back with Tommaso Ciampa, get DIY back together, and get that tag team division really rolling with them as the top team in that division. Because you could see where Triple H could really make a dent in the tag team division DIY, the Usos, the New Day, the Viking Raiders. Then you got the Street Profits, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn rumored to be getting back together with this Roman Reigns bloodline storyline. A lot of different things you could do with them as a tag team. They could still operate as a singles. But they brought them back in Toronto, of all places. This is the furthest thing from Cleveland. They brought them back in Toronto. So why Toronto tonight? Now, the only thing I could possibly think of is that two things. One, WWE kind of wanted, you know, listen, I don't want to instigate. I don't want to instigate, but I I think with all the rumor and innuendo and all the speculation, oh, is Johnny Gargano going to show up in Cleveland on AEW Dynamite? You know, I think, listen, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but the wrestling business is not only slimy and shady, but it's also petty. So I could see Triple H saying, you know what? Yeah, yeah, Johnny Wrestling, listen, bro, let, 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 come, to, let, come to Toronto, right? Come to Toronto, we'll debut tonight on Raw, we'll just send you out there, you do your thing, right? This is where everybody loved you, uh, and Champa and you had that great fucking match with FTR back in Toronto, right? One of the best tag team matches of all time. Come back tonight in Toronto, the same week that AEW's going to Cleveland, and I want to debut tonight, so everybody can shut the fuck up about you debuting over there in Cleveland. I really feel like Triple H said, all right, we're going to debut him here. And with AEW being in Cleveland this week, you know, I look at it as a petty maneuver. So that's number one. Might not be the case, but I could see pettiness being a partial reason for it. Number two, you want to debut him in a big market. You want to debut him in a market that knows who he is, that loves pro wrestling, And that Johnny Gargano has really made a name for himself in his career, especially in WWE. Now, yes, they could have easily done it in Cleveland, but WWE was in Cleveland a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what other major market they'll be going to in the next couple of weeks, but Toronto was probably the best of them all. And this is a big road trip for WWE. They had a tremendous show on Friday night with SmackDown. Crowd was unreal. Now they're in Toronto on Monday. They're going to Pittsburgh next week. We'll be in Cardiff before you know it. They wanted to do the debut of Johnny Gargano on Monday night in a major market. Toronto was that market. In Toronto, Johnny Gargano probably had one of the top three matches of his entire WWE run with Tommaso Ciampa as DIY where they won their first NXT Tag Team Championships together. And it was against the Revival. Now FTR in AEW. So I don't see what the problem is. 
Plus, you were shocked. I was shocked. Everybody was surprised. Nobody expected it. It's what pro wrestling is all about. So I don't really understand why anybody would be upset that Johnny Gargano was back and that they debuted him the way that they did tonight. He got a great reaction. He got a Johnny wrestling chant. He got a baby wrestling chant for his fucking son. I mean, I don't know what else you would want for a return with Johnny Gargano. He came back to Rebel Heart. Triple H put him in a feud with Austin Theory, presumably in a feud with Austin Theory. The first guy that he shared a screen with tonight and shared a ring with tonight was one of the members of his group, The Way, in NXT, which also included his wife, Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell, who's still in NXT. They put Austin Theory on screen with him as his first in-ring segment, which kind of bleeds into what he did into NXT with the way. Austin Theory is out there winning money in the bank. He won the United States Championship. He's possibly cashing in at Clash at the Castle. He's the youngest United States champion of all time. He wants to be the youngest undisputed universal champion of all time. And Johnny Gargano just got done cutting a promo saying he wants to win the United States Championship. He wants to win the Intercontinental Championship. He wants to win the WWE Championship, all things now under Triple H that are very, very possible. He wants to be at WrestleMania. Austin Theory has done most of these things. So yes, that made sense. Who he shared a screen with tonight made sense. If you don't like the way that they debuted him tonight because it was out of nowhere, that's the great thing about pro wrestling. If you knew everything that was going to happen... It wouldn't be much fun. And now that Johnny Gargano was actually back, legitimately back, 100% confirmed he was on the show tonight, and we know who's in charge, I don't think there should be a problem or anybody should be afraid or worried about how Johnny Gargano is going to be booked in WWE. Because we know who's behind the pen. And it's not Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard's probably somewhere in the back fucking raising his fist in the air in fucking defiance. Good. Fuck him. Again, we're not even talking about this shit five weeks ago. This is a great thing. Now, I got news on Johnny Gargano. This comes directly from Fightful Select. And they put this up right as Monday Night Raw went off the air. He returned tonight, did Johnny Gargano. Surprise appearance in the middle of Monday Night Raw. Gargano's name did not appear on any of the rundowns ahead of the show as to keep the appearance secret. There was so much of the talent that was there that did not know, and much of the production was not briefed on him even appearing on the show. When Gargano walked through the backstage area a few minutes before is when many people found out he was actually there. Fightful was told that WWE maintained continued interest in re-signing Johnny Gargano throughout his free agency period. During this process, Fightful was told that the company was patient and respected Gargano's wishes and time off. Gargano was another name, obviously, that WWE had uh, significantly wanted to bring back, and there was a higher chance of him resigning when Triple H gained power creatively and became head of talent relations. Now, Fightful have not heard any advanced negotiations between Johnny Gargano and AEW before tonight, and they were told that Impact was never a serious... <laughs> Man, he's got to put impact in there. Johnny Gargano never had a serious consideration with impact. 
Who wants to go to Impact, man? Jesus fucking Christ. You got to be fucking comedians over there, man. Nobody wants to wrestle for Impact in front of fucking three people. Give me a break. Johnny Gargano and Impact. <laughs> what a waste of a fucking run that would be, huh? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, AEW sources, when asked, told us they didn't believe that Gargano was going to end up coming to AEW throughout this year, though he did have several people in the company pushing for him. Impact. <laughs> you guys are some fucking, fucking comedians, man. I don't believe him. Anyway, this is great. This is great. I still think that him and Champa probably would have been the way, but... Who knows what WWE is going to be doing with Tommaso Ciampa, man. I got my own theory on Tommaso Ciampa, really. So we'll see what happens with that. But Johnny Gargano is back, and Johnny Gargano is on Monday Night Raw. Who knows if they are going to stay on Monday Night Raw? We don't know. If we do get a draft, everything's going to be shaken up. So the reason why, you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier in the evening too. You know, the draft is probably going to happen in the next month, month and a half. So who's to say that we don't get Johnny Gargano on SmackDown? Or Tommaso Ciampa on SmackDown, Johnny Gargano on Raw, and vice versa. Triple H might not even want to have them on the same brand because then that is just going to get people to ask the question, well, why didn't you put them together? So we don't even know where they're going to end up. Or if Triple H is thinking along the same wavelengths of a lot of people, they may be on the same brand and we may see them actually go one-on-one -on -one again, which I don't really want to see again. But on the main roster, if a, a, if a story presents itself, then I'm going to have no problem with that. But Johnny Gargano's back, and I knew he would be back. I knew when Triple H took over, his name was going to be at the top of the list to bring back. And again, we would not be talking about this five, six weeks ago. Johnny Gargano would probably be on his way to Cleveland and in AEW's locker room. So thank God for Triple H, man. Thank God he has taken over and things are getting a lot better. On WWE television. The other big thing that happened tonight was Edge and Damian Priest. Edge and Damian Priest, they had their main event match really built up throughout the show, which I really have enjoyed over the last couple of weeks. They really have put a focus on not only the main event, but that entire third hour, which I'm really enjoying because that's when we usually see a, a dip in quality in the show because at that point, you know, people are just fucking tired because it's a three-hour show. And here Triple H is building up the main event throughout most of the show and is giving you promo packages and video packages highlighting Edge and Damian Priest. And he's been, he's been doing that all through his four, 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 four and a half weeks, four weeks since he's been there, which is great. And that's what you really want to see. You want to give a shit about what you're watching in the main event. You don't want to feel fucking dead tired and say, oh, fuck this shit in the main event. So he's building that third hour as real primetime television. Like, he doesn't want you to turn away, which is a great thing. Edge and Damian Priest tonight, really good stuff. Edge was pulling out destroyers, and he had his wife at ringside, which she got involved because Judgment Day started beating him down at the end of the match, and they were going to decimate him with the steel chair. And we got Beth Phoenix jumping the barricade, getting in the ring, and holding off a Judgment Day three-on-one attack on Edge by wielding a steel chair. But the big story there was Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley. So we don't know how that is going to come into play and what's going to happen there. But I could assume that they're not going to leave Edge off of Clash of the Castle. I, I would think that we're going to get Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Finn Balor 
and Rhea Ripley in a mixed tag team match at the pay-per-view, and that will be the end of this Judgment Day storyline with Edge and Judgment Day. So that's the way I see that happening, but I really enjoyed that closing segment on the show tonight. They really uh, left a lot to be desired there. You know, they want you to tune in to next week to see what's going to happen with Beth Beth Phoenix and now Rhea Ripley. The other big thing that happened tonight was Dexter Loomis. We saw Dexter Loomis. He got more involved than the last couple of times. He fooled everybody. He had an accomplice with him. Who this accomplice is, I don't know. People were saying it looked like EC3. It was not EC3. I don't think we have an identity on the man that was kind of fooling everybody only to see Dexter Loomis appear on the other side of the venue, grab the Miz, dressed in riot gear uniform, and he choked the Miz out and dragged the Miz out of the building. He basically abducted the Miz. Now, is the Miz alive? I don't know. Did somebody call the authorities on Dexter Loomis and try and track down the Miz? I don't know. But I thought this was great. I left my ass off with Dexter Loomis in the close-up shot of him not showing any emotion whatsoever as he's just dragging the Miz out of the building while choking him unconscious. I thought it was great. I've seen EC3 being thrown around online. It's not EC3. It's not EC3. It looked like it looked like the fucking geek from The Dark Knight. The guy that they tried to uh, interrogate about the Joker. I forgot his name. He was one of the Joker's accomplices right before they tried to assassinate Commissioner Gordon. He looked like that guy. Whatever the fuck that guy's name was in The Dark Knight. I don't know who it was. Might have been an NXT guy, NXT unknown from the Performance Center. We have no idea. Maybe have just been a random fucking fan. Fuck knows. Random plant. But Dexter Loomis, man, here we thought that Dexter Loomis was targeting AJ Styles. But he actually was going after The Miz. Now, this creates a different situation here, man. We all thought that Tommaso Ciampa and The Miz were going to have a uh, a split. Ciampa was going to go babyface, and Miz was going to go heel, and Johnny Gargano was going to come and save the day, save his best friend. Now here we have Dexter Loomis targeting The Miz, who is tag team partners with Ciampa right now. Is Tommaso Ciampa involved with Dexter Loomis? Are Tommaso Ciampa and Dexter Loomis in cahoots? I have no idea. I have no idea. Does this somehow find its way back to Johnny Gargano? Johnny Gargano was very good friends with Dexter Loomis. Johnny Gargano was... At the wedding of Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis was a part of the family. I have no idea. No idea what's going on, and that's a great thing. We have no idea where this is going. And then the women's tag team title tournament, we we got news on Toxic Attraction. They're not even in the tournament anymore. Toxic Attraction has been pulled from the tournament because apparently Gigi Dolan got injured. Gigi Dolan is hurt. They pulled Toxic Attraction from the tournament, and now they will have a fatal four-way last chance or fatal four-way between four teams, last chance match, and the winner of that match goes on to wrestle Aaliyah and (laughs) Smiley Raquel Gonzalez Rodriguez on SmackDown. And then we're going to get winners 
finally crowned new tag team champions next week on Monday Night Raw. So I got the news on Gigi Dolan, what WWE announced today. We're going to go over it all, man. We're going to go over it all right here on Off The Script, and I appreciate you guys joining me on your Monday nights, bro. Awesome. We got 3,300 people in here, bro. 3,300 people in here. I love it. I love to see it. But there's a problem. There's a problem, man. I'm, I'm looking at my, uh, I'm looking at my, uh, my second monitor here, and I only see 762 likes. Why is that? I need, being that we got that many people in here tonight, I need 1,500 minimum. No ifs, ands, or buts, man. 1,500 likes minimum. I want you guys to hit that thumbs up if you thought Trish Stratus looked like a knockout 20 out of 10 tonight. I mean, I mean, come on now, man. Now, if you don't hit the thumbs up, I don't know what to fucking tell you, man. You may be a fan of Impact Wrestling. Get those super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show, man. We got quite a few already with a 50 bomb already by Hockey Nerd Fan. I appreciate you, brother. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that, man. Like, you know, we got 300 likes after I just said that, man. You guys are smart people. You guys are smart people. You guys got good taste, man. Cheers to you guys, man. Seriously. Hit that join button. Hit that join button, man. We got... 12 new members last night. Another new floor tonight. Love to see it. Hockey Nerd Fan, new member. Ryan T, new member. Ball Coach, 1028, becomes a new member. You guys are great. Love you guys very much, man. 50% off. Channel memberships are still 50% off for this channel. Make sure you guys go and hit that join button. And for $249, you can become an OTS VIP. Go check out. The podcast from last night, we got OTS441, man. We dove deep. We went deep into the fucking waters, man. That CM Punk drama AEW story. We brought up every possible scenario, what I thought of it all, including where I think it's headed and the fact that we may be getting worked. So go check all that out on the homepage right now. OTS441. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. If you're new around here, I would hope you hit the subscribe button. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Shout out to all my Pro Wrestling TV fans watching me on Pro Wrestling TV. We are now partnering with Pro Wrestling TV. They have been great so far. And tonight's show sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. For your free sample. So go hit up that blue chew, man. Let's start at the top here, man. Monday Night Raw. We opened up with Trish Stratus. Oh my goodness, man. Trish Stratus. Holy shit. Somewhere Tony Brown got all the meat he needed in this one appearance for the entire week. My boy, Tony Brown, man. He loves his booty meat, Tony Brown. O-T-S-V-I-P. Holy shit. Trish Stratus opened up the show. 
And she was on the show tonight because they were in Toronto. Trish is from Toronto. Why not? Why not hop in the car and go see WWE friends and family? We're doing the same thing next week in Pittsburgh. Monday Night Raw is in Pittsburgh. And next week, we get the great Kurt Angle on Monday Night Raw. So, we start, before we even get to Trish, there was a big brawl that opened up Monday Night Raw. Rollins, Seth Rollins, and Matt Riddle opened up the show. I like that the show starts off with this frenetic pace. This big brawl comes out of nowhere. We see Riddle and Rollins brawling out from the back and into the crowd. Officials try to break them up and separate them. They were separated for a little bit, and Riddle broke free and leapt over the ringside barricade onto several officials, which may end up with a fine for Matt Riddle. Jumped onto Rollins, took everybody out. They were separated. Riddle broke free again. They were finally pulled apart and kept away from each other. And that's what we got to open up Monday Night Raw. That's the only time we really saw Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. So, obviously, you see that Triple H wanted to let this thing breathe a little bit and build a little bit more animosity. He didn't really want to do it at SummerSlam and then again at Clash of the Castle. He could have done it at SummerSlam, but that would have been a very Vince and Bruce move to do. So, he's just letting it build. He's letting it kind of simmer on low, right? You don't want to fucking turn it up all the way high and burn it, and then it's ruined. Triple H is letting it fucking boil nice and slow. Slow is the best way to go, right? Low and slow. And that's what we're going to get going into Clash of the Castle. And when we finally get there, it's going to be a great fucking match. Clash of the Castle. Listen, I am more excited about Clash of the Castle than I am for any WWE pay-per-view all year. And I genuinely, genuinely mean that. Now, the Royal Rumble is my favorite show of the year, but, I mean, let's be real. Vince and Bruce have demolished the Royal Rumble to a point where I'm not even fucking interested in it anymore because they fuck it up every which way, every year. The only Royal Rumble that I could really say that I really enjoyed was the one that Brock Lesnar entered as number one as the WWE champion, and it was won by Drew McIntyre. That was a great Rumble. Other than that, I, I mean, it's very slim pickings for the Royal Rumble. This may end up being the best WWE show all year. Look at the matches we're getting. Roman versus Drew. Probably going to end up getting that mixed tag team match with Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. Gunther versus Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship. Don't know what's going on with the tag team titles. I would love to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos. We might not be getting. We're getting Rollins versus Riddle. Right? We're going to get the big six-woman tag team match. This show is shaping up to be fucking great. And I can't wait. Looking really good. And Rollins and Riddle definitely play into that. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. Then we get Trish Stratus. Oh, my goodness. Trish Stratus. Let me tell you something, man. I, I, I want to I I stick to being professional here, okay? But you guys know how I feel about Tony Storm, man. Tony Storm is uh, my bae. Beautiful, beautiful woman, right? Everybody's got their favorites. Tony's my favorite. Your favorite may be Liv Morgan. Your favorite may be Charlotte Flair. Anybody's favorite Charlotte Flair? Really? Come on, man. Holy shit. Some of your favorites may be Sasha Banks, Bailey, EO, right? But my favorite's Tony Storm, man. Trish Stratus tonight, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Bro, Trish Stratus looks better now than she did 20 years ago. How is that even fucking possible? She's 40, what is she, 46, 47 years old? Looks like she looks like she has an age to fucking day. My goodness. So she's out there. And I'm not going to really shit on this segment, even though I thought it was kind of wonky. But it's always great to see Trish in the ring. And obviously, I really enjoy Bailey and EO and Dakota. They got a new name, by the way. Supposedly trademarked, WWE trademarked the name Damage Control. We haven't really heard that name yet, so it might be still going through the process. But she's there. It feels so good to be home, she says, and I'm not just talking about Toronto. I'm talking about this ring. I think we'll see Trish in the ring wrestling again at least one more time. She said, it'll never not feel like home between these ropes. Fans are chanting one more time, one more time. She says she's been doing a lot of thinking lately, and all of a sudden, Bailey's music hit. So Bailey comes out. She walks out with EO Sky and Dakota Kai. All of a sudden, we cut to a commercial break as they're walking to the ring, which I don't really mind because, I mean, I'd rather have the commercials take place during the ring introduction than during the middle of a fucking match. So they make their way out there. And Bailey, Sky, and Kai are in the ring talking to Trish, talking trash. Bailey acted honored to be sharing the ring with Trish Stratus. Sky says she is a big fan and jumped up and down excitedly because that's what EO does. Bailey said they were just wondering what she's doing out here on Monday Night Raw. Trish said there's a big match happening later with a fellow Torontian, Edge. She said that she was on the verge of saying something when they rudely interrupted. Sky says they don't care what she says. I don't like you, says EO Sky. Love it. Quickly becoming one of my favorite things in all of the company. I don't like you, says EO. I don't like anybody. So we're on the same page. So Bailey said that they're sick of her riding her coattails all weekend long. Bailey said that this is their show, whereas Trish is in the past. She asked who she thinks she is. Bianca Belair all of a sudden came out and interrupted. So Bianca came out there. I I thought Bianca was actually the worst part of this segment for some reason. I don't know. It wasn't clicking with me. 
Bianca really sounded, I don't know what it is about Bianca, man. Not really feeling the Bianca, baby face Bianca. I don't know what it is, man. Maybe it's too, it's too uppity. It's too smiley. This is not Vince McMahon. I would figure that Bianca would go back to being a little bit of the NXT Bianca. But I don't know what it is, man. So she's in the ring. She said that Bailey isn't in the same stratosphere. Get it? Stratosphere. Then Trish. Bailey said Bailey should be thanking Trish because there'd be no Bailey without Trish. Yeah, there'd also be no you. But I mean, who's counting? She said Trish is a trailblazer and a legend, and this is her city. Fans are cheering. Stop being so disrespectful, Belair said. She put her arm around Trish. Fans are chanting EST, EST. Belair said Trish can defend herself. Trish stepped up to Bailey and says she can go from real quick, or she can go real quick from I am retired to I was retired if you don't stop running your mouth. So she pulled off her jacket. Bailey took off her jacket and she said she's outnumbered three to two. She said that's is obviously in their favor. And all of a sudden, Alexa Bliss walks out with Asuka. Now, Trish says it's four on three. Bailey says she's lucky she's feeling generous, so she'll let her slide tonight. But they'll see them at Clash, meaning Bianca, Alexa, and Asuka. Trish's music played, and Asuka started dancing to it, and we got the women's tag team tournament match to start right after this segment. You know, they, they did a decent job here, uh, I think, just kind of setting up the tag team match. But, you know, Trish's strong point was never the microphone. So they sent Bailey and EO and Dakota out there to kind of, you know, carry the segment. And then out comes Bianca Belair. I, I didn't really like most of this. I accepted it because Trish was there as a one-off. I could certainly see Trish back in the ring going one-on-one with Bailey at some point if they do want to do that. Trish is still good enough to go. And I do expect her to go when they ask her to. Maybe a WrestleMania. Who knows? But I didn't like this segment, man. I felt like this was all over the place. I felt this was a little wonky. It didn't really get anybody excited for what was coming up. Trish only made a happy-go-lucky appearance because it was in her home city of Toronto. And that was basically it. I don't know what you guys feel about Alexa Bliss, man. I, I cannot stand Babyface Alexa Bliss. I couldn't even stand heel Alexa Bliss. But Alexa Bliss as a... That theme music is so cringe. It honestly makes me want to fucking get up and walk out of the room. I can't stand her smiling. I can't. She's just a natural bitch. I'm almost asking WWE to put her in a better position and turn her heel. I mean, what is this fucking bull? She's out there with the doll, and she's smiling, and she's got this emo punk music playing. She sucks. This shit sucks. She is absolutely miscast. I believe I read somewhere that WWE, you know, obviously is keeping Alexa Bliss a babyface because they want to sell dolls, but Alexa Bliss has given them, you know, ideas about what she wants to do with the character. She says she feels stagnated with the character. She's got things to advance the character a little bit more. I certainly hope that they listen to her. Who knows Alexa better than Alexa? And they're only keeping her baby face because they want to sell those fucking dolls on WWE Shop. 
Now, we got Dakota Kai and Io Sky versus Asuka and Alexa Bliss. This was the first match, and this match went almost 20 minutes. I don't know if this should have went 20 minutes, but it went 20 minutes. It was good, but it wasn't great. It was easily the best thing in the entire tournament so far, but that's not really saying much because there's really nothing to grade it on, being that everything else in the tournament has sucked. Now, before we get into what happened here, I do want to let you guys know that Toxic Attraction is no longer in the Women's Tag Team title tournament. Toxic Attraction was pulled today after beating Shotzi Blackheart and who the fuck did she team with? Who did she team with? I forgot. I don't even know. No, it was Natty and Sonya. I'm sorry. Shotzi and, uh, and Zia Lee were already eliminated. It was Natty and Sonya Deville, that Toxic Attraction beat. That's how much I give a fuck about this tournament. Apparently, it was announced by the company today that the reason why they were pulled is because of injuries suffered by Gigi Dolan. There were no details on the nature of these injuries that Gigi Dolan had suffered. Dolan and J.C. Jane replaced Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark last Friday in the tournament. Zoe Stark apparently is dealing with a concussion. She wrestled Mandy Rose on Tuesday night's NXT show called Heat Wave. And Nikita Lyons, she was not able to make it across the border because reportedly she was unvaccinated. WWE pulled Nikita Lyons from the show because she was medically disqualified. It's either one of two things. One, she had COVID and she was not allowed in the building and not allowed across the border. Or two, she wasn't allowed across the border because she was unvaccinated. But that's what medically disqualified means. That's the term that they use when it's COVID related. So it's obviously COVID related. She tried to dumb down the report had nothing to do with COVID. Yes, it did. It absolutely did. Just like the Usos couldn't make it across the border because of their multiple DUI arrests. Same thing. WWE announced that there will be a second chance Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match this Friday on SmackDown. Now, all the losers of this tournament are being put into a second chance losers bracket. And whoever wins this match will wrestle... Aaliyah, and Raquel. <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez on Friday. And the winner of that match, so that means we got to get two women's matches on Friday Night SmackDown. God help our fucking souls. Fucking tag team title tournament sucks outside of EO and Dakota Kai, man. Please, give me the strength. So we're getting the finals coming out of SmackDown on Friday. And then whoever, I'm assuming it's going to be Raquel, <laughs> Raquel and Aaliyah going to the finals against the heel team of EO and Dakota Kai. I was predicting, before even all this happened, I was predicting Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark to go to the finals. I really was, because WWE was very high on both of those ladies, and it would have been great for NXT and them to really push them on main roster television. Now I don't know who's going to win. I don't, even, I don't even give a shit. After, after Toxic Attraction was pulled, I don't even give a shit who wins. I don't. I don't even know if the injuries are legit. I'm going with Raquel and Aaliyah. Babyface versus heel. And we're going to get, we're gonna get uh, Bailey's girls. We're going to get EO and Dakota Kai winning the tag team title. And, and then next week, we may actually see Sasha Banks and Naomi come out. Because they're the real tag team champions. They never lost. They forfeited them on John Laurinaitis. People power. You know, God knows what the fuck he did with them. 
We may see Sasha Banks and Naomi next week, which would be great. I think that would pop a huge reaction all over the place. So we'll see what happens, and uh, that's the reason why WWE is going with a fatal four-way loser's last chance match on Friday Night SmackDown. Gigi Dolan is apparently injured. So we got this match tonight. Not bad. Not bad. And they went about a minute. We went quickly into a commercial break. There were a lot of commercial breaks in this thing. Very tough to get invested when there's like three commercial breaks in an 18, 20-minute match on Monday Night Raw. So Oscar and Sky faced off. Sky and Oscar had a, a little back and forth. This is what I really came for. This was the money right here, Oscar and Sky. I could definitely see them going one on one at some point later on down the road. Sky avoided a big kick and rocked Oscar with a big kick of her own. So then we get Oscar and Alexa taking over. They took Kai and started double teaming her, isolating the ring with Kai in their corner. Bliss ran wild, hit a big cannonball off the apron onto both Kai and Sky. They then both took over the heels. And Tamina and Dana Brooke were shown watching in the back because they're two of the losers in the loser's bracket. God help our souls if Dana Brooke and Tamina Snuka go to the finals. That match was horrendous. Nobody wants to see it again. So the heels are in control here. Bliss fought back. Asuka got a hot tag. She caught Sky with a German suplex, hit a running knee for a near fall. They showed Aaliyah, and they showed Doe Drop, and they showed, uh... Yo, what's her name? I can't fucking remember her name to save my life. Nikki, what? Trash. Nikki Trash, that's right. T-R-A-S-H. I got I got you. Now, don't worry, I got you. Nikki Trash. They showed all three of these losers watching backstage. I guess Ali is not a loser yet. She's in the semifinals with fucking smiley <laughs> Raquel. But, uh, you know, they're all losers. After tonight, Ali really looked like a loser. So they show all three of these women backstage watching. Sky took it to Asuka with a big drop kick. Bliss broke up the pin. Kai dumped her out of the ring. Asuka missed a hip attack. Hit Kai, or Kai hit a running kick for two count. And Bliss and Asuka took control again. Side Russian leg sweep, neck breaker, double team combo. Oscar locked on a submission hold. Sky made the save before Dakota tapped out. Bliss went for Twisted Bliss. Dakota got the knees up when she saw Alexa come off the top rope. Kai missed the boot in the corner. Sky made a blind tag behind Oscar's back. Oscar did not see it. Oscar applied the Oscar lock on Kai. Sky snuck in and rolled up Oscar. For the unceremonious one, two, three, and we got Bailey's girls, Dakota Kai and EO Sky winning the match. And they advance to the finals. More than likely, they will be the tag team champions of WWE, man. With the injury to Toxic Attraction, with Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark being pulled, seems like NXT has cursed this women's tournament. This women's tournament has been cursed, man. Look at the way that everything has kind of come about with the women's tag team titles. This is them. This is the universe. This is God himself telling Triple H, bro, I love you. I'm glad Vince is gone. But WTF, bro, really? What are we doing with these women's tag team titles? I told you we shouldn't have brought them back. And I'm giving you all this shit 
I polled four women in hopes of you seeing that bringing these titles back were not the right move. And we're still moving forward with this tournament. None of these women are even actual tag teams. None of them. The only actual team in this tournament, and I guess you could say Bailey's girls because they're a faction now, but the only actual team in this tournament were Joe Drop and Nikki Trash. Yes, I got it right this time. T-R-A-S-H. And then Toxic Attraction got thrown into the tournament. They're a team, but then they got pulled. The tournament is fucking cursed. WWE is doing everything to work around these women's tag team titles. And for what? For what? Toronto didn't seem to give a shit. They were very lukewarm to all four of these ladies, and they worked their asses off out there. Not really a good look for the women's tag team titles right now, and I don't think anybody's going to take them serious until, A, a winner is finally crowned, and I don't want to see how long it really takes people to actually still care after we get champions, and Sasha Banks and Naomi. Not really a good look for the women's tag team title so far. Kevin Patrick, he interviewed Dolph Ziggler about bouncing back from his loss to Austin Theory last week in the main event of Monday Night Raw. And then he's got to overcome Finn Balor tonight. Ziggler said Theory has great potential, but he's so arrogant about it. Balor then walked up and interrupted Ziggler and said he attaches himself to young up-and-coming wrestlers to keep himself relevant. He said this about Ziggler. Balor says, well, you know what? You can't teach me anything, kid. Ziggler says, well, we're the same age. He then slapped Balor. Balor went down on the floor. Rhea Ripley was giving him menacing looks. Ziggler's music played. He walked through the curtain. He walked back through the curtain to go still see Finn Balor laying on the floor. And he says, are you going to get your ass up or are you going to lay there like a little bitch? And then he walked through the curtain again and walked to the ring. Ziggler's got some attitude, bro. Ziggler's got some attitude. I don't know what they're doing with Dolph, but Dolph has had some really good fucking matches. Now, I don't really think anybody's going to turn overnight into the biggest Dolph Ziggler fan, but at least you could appreciate how damn good Dolph Ziggler is. But he's still being used in that role that Vince McMahon used him in, and he's a good hand who's going to go out there and give you a great wrestling match, and that's what he's being used as. It's not there to win championships. Dolph Ziggler is one of the most perfect guys you can plug into any situation. Fact is, you got to care about him. Plug him into any situation, and he's going to kill it, no matter what he does. He could play babyface. He could play heel. Go out there, give you a fucking 10-minute match, 5-minute match, 30-minute match. You, go, you want him to go one hour, he'll go one hour. He's incredible. But nobody cares. And the reason why nobody cares about Dolph Ziggler is not because we don't like Dolph Ziggler. It's because we have been conditioned for how many years to think one thing and one thing only. Dolph Ziggler is a loser. Nobody gives a shit about Dolph Ziggler because of the way Vince McMahon treated him. That is a long fucking time to fucking condition your audience. You're not going to snap out of it overnight. It's not going to be four weeks because Triple H took over. You can't erase 15 years in four weeks with Triple H taking over. That's the problem. Now, this was a great match. This match was great. They had the wrestling fans in Toronto in the palm of their hand. Ziggler and Balor should be very, very happy about what they did tonight. This was awesome. 
Now, I love it. I love it when people tell me, well, uh, I don't see any change. JD is a WWE dick rider, man. I can't stand him now, man. He's a shill for WWE. Let me go tweet that JD is a shill on Twitter. I need to see everybody and what they say, man. I'm going to... I'm going to build my social media presence by mentioning J.D. Same shit. Same shit. So, I love when people tell me that there's no change on Monday night. We got the opening match going almost 20 minutes. We got these guys going about 15 minutes. They basically had two matches in the entire first hour of Monday Night Raw, which is the right way to go about it, right? I love when people tell me that there's no change on Monday night. Meanwhile, we got the entire first hour having only two matches, only two matches. They went nearly minimum 15, 16 minutes. And we got Dolph Ziggler and Finn Balor, two professional wrestlers, going out there to do what they usually do that is professionally wrestle at a high level. The crowd loved this match so much. Nothing on the line. Ziggler is blah. Balor is blah. Same thing about Ziggler. You could say about Finn Balor. Vince McMahon thought he was a loser. Booked him like a loser. Treated him like a loser. These guys had such a great match that the fans were chanting, holy shit, at the end of this match. Who would have thought pro wrestling fans who watch a pro wrestling show on Monday night love professional wrestling? Wow! What a concept. Change. Change. If this was Vince, this match would have got three minutes. And Balor would have got buried. Ziggler had an early advantage. Standing drop kick on Balor. Balor fought back, repeatedly sent Ziggler into the turnbuckle. Slowed the match down a little bit. Guess what? That headlock slowed the match down, man. They love their side headlocks. Ziggler tried fighting back. Balor recovered, sent Ziggler chest first into the turnbuckle. He hit hard, man. This was like a Bret Hart, old school, chest first turnbuckle spot. Referee went immediately to go check on Ziggler. Balor was in control with the chin lock. Ziggler escaped and hit a flying clothesline. He followed up with a standing elbow drop for a two. Fans were actually chanting, let's go Ziggler. Yeah, well, listen, man, that Molson Ice up there must be fucking potent. I don't know what the fuck is it. Let's go Ziggler chance in Toronto. Holy shit. Ziggler rolled up Balor for a near fall. He went for the famous Sir Balor counted into a sit-out powerbomb for a near fall. Balor went for the shotgun dropkick. Ziggler responded with a standing dropkick of his own. He followed up with a DDT. He goes for a cover, only gets a two count. So we got another let's go Ziggler chant. Holy shit. Canada loves Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler hit the Famouser for another very close near fall. Fans thought that was the actual finish of the match. Balor hit the shotgun dropkick, missed his coup de grace. Ziggler jumped to his feet, hit the zigzag. I thought that was over. That got holy shit chance. So Balor and Ziggler traded shots in the middle of the ring. Balor grabbed the referee's attention. All of a sudden, Ziggler's on the ropes. Rhea Ripley elbowed. Dolph Ziggler right in the jaw. Balor hit the 1916 inverted DDT. 
Coup de grace, one, two, three, and that was it. Excellent match between these guys. Excellent match that got a holy shit chant out of Toronto. Change. Change. Oh, but J.D., I don't really see where the change is happening, man. Why are you such a cocksucker? I don't know, man. Maybe you should open your fucking eyes. If you don't see the change happening on Monday and Friday night, you're probably listening to some fucking irrelevant geek who's got 200 live viewers right now. Stop. Stop. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Change is here. And this is change. You're seeing change every single week, little by little, slowly but surely. This is change. Pro wrestling on Monday Night Raw. That's change in itself. They would have never given two matches the entire first hour. Never. Vince and Bruce would have had a fucking stroke. Vince is probably pissing his fucking pants in his rocking chair right now. Why is there so much wrestling on my sports entertainment program? Sarah Schreiber. She interviewed Aaliyah. Aaliyah is not very good. She's over from SmackDown to scout the talent for the Women's Tag Team Title Tournament. She's also from Toronto, which also helps. So, Aaliyah's backstage. She was asked about making the semifinals. Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky interrupted. Bailey asked if she's ready to face the winners of the second round, second chance, fatal four-way match on Friday. She asked where... <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez is. Where is she? Probably somewhere. Probably somewhere fucking on a dental poster posted up in Britt Baker's office. Look, this is what you could achieve by seeing your dentist every six months for a routine cleaning. Raquel Rodriguez. I may put that on a fucking shirt. Where's Raquel? I don't know. Probably in her fucking mirror, brushing her teeth with Colgate, Aquafresh, Arm & Hammer. Which one you guys use? Aaliyah said it's none of her business. Bailey said she's either really brave or really stupid to show up alone. Trish walked up and said, who said she's alone? Trish asked when Bailey is going to be returning to action. Aaliyah challenged her to a match tonight. Bailey instantly agreed. All right, I'll see you out there. They left, and we see them walking by Adam Pierce. He's holding a photo of Dexter Loomis, and he's walking by all of these women with security guards, and that was it. They were focused on something, and they were going to go hunt down Dexter Loomis, who apparently was running wild in the arena tonight. We didn't see him yet. Chad Gable. Chad Gable is awesome. I love that Chad Gable has been given a spotlight ever since Triple H has taken over WWE Creative. This is the type of guy you want to see on television every week. Chad Gable's awesome. Shoes, please, says Chad Gable. He said for the first time since its inception, the Alpha Academy has decided to accept new students. He said he decided to start his search in Canada. He then ripped on the Canadian fans being ex-hockey players, missing teeth, and hooked on Al Horton's restaurant food. He then told Canada to send him any fighter they want, and they won't measure up. All of a sudden, he says he's doing an Alpha Academy open challenge. 
Who's going to come out? Who's going to come out? Nobody. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Owens came out. Kevin Owens came out, and he accepted Chad Gable's open challenge. You know, I mentioned change, folks. I'm looking at Otis stand there next to Chad Gable. I, 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 you know, it may be inconsequential. It may be minor to you. But Otis is growing out his beard once again. He actually looks like Otis again. Instead of the tree trunk that Vince McMahon shilled to commentary to call Otis. They called him a fucking tree trunk. He looked like one without a fucking beard and a goatee. Love it. Change. Little things like that are change. Kevin Owens and Chad Gable, man, you gotta love what they're doing with Kevin Owens. Came out with the old school vintage Titan Tron KO. He came out with his old KO shirt, the one that's got the duct tape on it that says KO on it. And the prize fighter is back, man. It took nearly, what, three weeks for Triple H to really dump the old Kevin Owens and give us the NXT version of Kevin Owens, the, the, the fucking kick-ass version of Kevin Owens, the prize fighter, Kevin Owens, the no-bullshit Kevin Owens, the pro-wrestler Kevin Owens. He's so over. He was over. Vince McMahon wasn't booking him correctly. Vince McMahon wasn't booking him correctly, and Vince McMahon didn't really appreciate Kevin Owens like Triple H appreciates Kevin Owens. If this was Vince McMahon, the last four weeks would have been three KO shows and maybe a match with Ezekiel. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe another fucking rock concert with Elias. We don't fucking know. Ezekiel and Elias or Elrod, whoever, would still be feuding with Kevin Owens if Vince McMahon was still in charge because they don't know when to quit. Vince probably would have forgotten that he did a segment with Ezekiel and Kevin Owens only two weeks ago, only to redo it again. How many Kevin Owens shows have you seen with Triple H in charge? Zero. Why? Change. The KO show sucks. Okay? I enjoy a good KO show every now and then, but not every fucking week. Kevin Owens is back. It took Triple H literally no time to get Kevin Owens back on television in a prominent way, in a right way, creatively, and let everybody kind of forget the old Kevin Owens. This is the NXT version of Kevin Owens that we all loved from day one. And I'm very much looking forward to what happens with Sami Zayn. I don't know if Kevin Owens is going to be on SmackDown Friday or if Sami's eventually going to come over to Monday Night Raw. I don't know, man. Honestly, I, I, I think the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn dynamic that is potentially going to happen could be one of the best things on WWE television. Sami Zayn right now and what he did with Roman on Friday Night SmackDown was tremendous television. Tremendous. The Usos were not in Montreal. Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns had great television dynamic. And Sami Zayn, man, I've been a big fan of Sami Zayn for a very long time. Any role that you put Sami Zayn in, he is absolutely killing it. You want him to be, to be a babyface? He'll be a babyface. You want him to be a heel? He'll be a heel. A damn good one at that. You want him to get in there and do comedy shit? He'll make you laugh. Conspiracy theorist? He brought it. You want him to get in there and do fucking jackass Johnny Knoxville? He killed it. Anything you ask this man to do, he goes out there and does it at a high level. 
You put him in the same segment with Roman Reigns, and he doesn't feel out of place. He doesn't. So whatever's going on with the Usos right now and the bloodline with Roman, obviously you see where it's going. They're using Sami Zayn. He's a dumb fool that they know they could take advantage of, and he's not an Us. I can't wait to see how this develops because it's so fucking simple. It's so great. Kevin Owens is going to get involved because Roman Reigns mentioned to Sami Zayn on Friday, hey, yeah, Sami, let, let me ask you something. You still good with KO? You still friends with KO? Yeah, we're all right. I mean, we don't talk right now because we're on different brands and whatnot. And then Roman Reigns tells Sammy to go deliver a message to Kevin Owens. Tell him that I don't owe anybody shit. All we need now is Kevin Owens in this new portrayal under Triple H to go to Sami Zayn and say, what the fuck are you doing? They're using you. You're not in the bloodline. You're not an oos. Stop calling yourself fucking oos. Okay? You're Sami Zayn. They are using you. Sami's going to wake up one day, see that Kevin Owens is right. We're going to get a tag team title match out of it. We're going to have new tag team champions. And that's where the division takes a turn for the better. That right now may be the best thing on WWE television. And Sami Zayn is going to play into that with this new version of Kevin Owens, the old version of Kevin Owens, which is now new to a lot of people because Vince McMahon made you forget about the old Kevin Owens. It's going to be great. So Kevin Owens is just biding his time. Wrestling Chad Gable here, wrestling whomever. Because he's a prize fighter. He will fight anybody. Fight Owens, fight. This was a great fucking match. This was a great match. Love this. Chad Gable is so fucking good, man. Went about 12 minutes or so. Owens was in control. Big reaction for both guys because of how good they were. Owens took it to Gable to clothesline. Sent on. He went for a cannonball. Gable kind of slipped out of the way. Gable briefly took over a little bit. Owens took control of the match. Fans broke into a big KO chant, obviously from Canada. Owens went for a pile driver on the apron, but Gable countered with a backdrop on the apron, and then he, then he gave Owens a released German suplex on the apron. Nasty stuff. So Gable hit a series of German suplexes. One German suplex scared the shit out of me. I thought Kevin Owens broke his fucking neck. Well, not really broke his neck, but I thought he was legitimately hurt. He landed stiff. On the back of his head, his neck almost kind of folded in one direction. It was it was bad looking. It was rough. So, Owens broke free of Chad Gable after these German suplexes. He hit a German suplex of his own. He followed up with a cannonball in the corner. Gable briefly took over, went after Owens' legs. Owens, again, comes back. Hit an awesome frog splash halfway across the ring. That got him a near fall. Gable avoided a pop-up powerbomb. Owens went for a stunner. Gable countered with the German suplex. Like I said, Owens landed right on the back of his neck and his head. Gable hit a diving headbutt. This is where I thought he was really hurt. He wasn't moving. So Gable went up the top. He had a flying headbutt, and that looked great. He went for a suplex, but Owens, on the top rope, reversed the suplex into a second-rope fisherman buster for a damn close near fall. Fans pop big for that one. Commentary pop big for that one. Owens went for a swanton. Gable got his knees up. Gable missed the moonsault, landed on his feet. Owens hit a super kick. 
He then hit his stunner and got the win. Kevin Owens got the win. After the match, Otis immediately jumped Owens from behind. He fought back, but the heels took over. Fans broke out into a loud Sami chant, wanting Sami Zayn to come out there. That's where I thought. I legitimately thought we were going to see Sami Zayn, but we did not. Owens did not need Sami's help. He stunned Otis, and he gave Gable a powerbomb onto Otis, and he took care of the Alpha Academy by himself. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff with Kevin Owens, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he does with Sami Zayn. Judgment Day. Ripley, Priest, and Balor said they run Monday Night Raw, and they'll keep beating people up until everyone realizes it. Balor says Ray is 6-1 mine. Gotta love that one, man. That was good. Ripley said Pri- Ripley and Priest laughed. Priest said tonight will be Edge's last return to Toronto ever because he's sending him back into retirement. He said his family and friends will be screaming once he meets his judgment day. Judgment day, man, they've been, they've been hot. They've been hot. Damien Priest has had some really good promo work. Balor seems a little bit more relaxed. Rhea Ripley is absolutely coming into her own as the dominatrix of this group, beating up Dominic and fucking just getting involved in everybody's business. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I think they have been, they have been one of the shining, you know, parts of Monday Night Raw has been Judgment Day. I think they've been great. Looking forward to seeing what happens here going into Clash of the Castle. So, we go from a couple of great matches here with Gable Owens and Balor and Ziggler to probably the worst match of the entire evening. Bailey versus Aaliyah. Now, I'm a big advocate for women's wrestling. I am. It's got to be done right. But this crowd tonight did not seem to care at all about women's wrestling. The ladies had a very difficult time tonight. The ladies had a rough night tonight. I wish that wasn't the case because they're trying to get this tag team title tournament over. They're trying to get the women's revolution up and running again after Bruce and Vince fucking killed it dead. They're trying to incorporate stories into the women's women's roster, women's division. But it seems like tonight was one of the worst nights as far as fan reception, fan reaction goes. And Aaliyah versus Bailey did not help the cause. This was easily the worst match of the night. I love Bailey. I do. But Bailey had a tough time in there with Aaliyah, and it wasn't even her fault. Aaliyah is trying. She is really trying. You got to give her credit for trying her damnedest. But let me be real with you, folks. Aaliyah is terrible. Aaliyah sucks. Beautiful woman but she can't wrestle herself out of a fucking paper bag. She is awful. She's not completely awful, but she's terrible. This was bad. The two seem to be on completely different pages through most of this match. Fans were dead. Nobody really believed Aaliyah was going to beat Bailey anyway, even in her hometown. Nobody even gave a shit. Why would anybody expect Bailey to lose her first match back in WWE? So, Aaliyah had an early advantage, scored a, a little bit of an early advantage with a couple of near falls. Bailey took over, beat Aaliyah down in the corner, snap suplex, followed with a chin lock. 
Bailey hit a sliding clothesline for two. She went back to the chin lock. Aaliyah broke free. Bailey caught her, placed her in the corner, hit some double knees, similar to what Sasha Banks does with her Meteora. Aaliyah fought back, hit a bulldog at ringside. Aaliyah caught Bailey in a half crab, which, I mean, probably the best looking thing she did all match. Bailey broke free, hit the rose plant for the win, and that was it for Bailey. She gets the victory over Aaliyah. Not good. Not good. I expected much more for Bailey's return match in WWE. But I guess you got to wipe off the ring rust somehow. And if you can't have a good match with Bailey, I think maybe you should be demoted back to the performance center. Miz and Tommaso Ciampa. Tag team match here against AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley. This was the start of hour three. This match went nearly 15 minutes. And this match did not have an outcome. This went to a no contest. All because of Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis. He kidnapped the Miz. Showed up. Abducted the Miz. Dragged him out of the arena. And that was the finish. Fans popped big for Dexter Loomis. Abducting the Miz. How we got there. Styles and Champa started it off. Which is never a bad thing. Dropkick by Styles. Really devastating dropkick by AJ on Champa. Lashley followed with a delayed vertical suplex. Champa fought back. Caught Lashley with a shot block. Miz and Champa took over. Lashley went for the hurt lock early. Miz escaped. Styles sent Miz out to the floor. Lashley then press slammed Champa onto Miz. Heels were in control after a commercial break. They took Styles and grounded him in their portion of the ring. Styles tried to make a tag to Lashley, but Miz backed him into their corner. Miz rocked Styles with a sliding dropkick. Champa threw Styles into the barricade on the outside. Champa slowed the pace down with, you guessed it, folks, the chin lock. They slow every match down with the same fucking chin lock. Happened all night. Sounds like Bruce and Vince were running this show, but really not. So, slowed the match down with the chin lock, and Miz prevented the tag, caught Styles with a DDT for a near full. He was about to tag Lashley, but he took him out with a DDT. Champa went back to the chin lock. Styles broke free, hit a jawbreaker, gave himself some separation from Champa. Miz tried to prevent the tag again, but Styles hit a pay-like kick, and Styles tagged Lashley. Lashley got the hot tag. He ran wild. Fans popped big for Bobby Lashley's offense on the, on the heels here. Set up for the spear. Champa slipped out of the ring. Fans booed because they wanted the spear. Lashley went after Champa, sent him into the ring post. He went for the spear again, but Miz pulled Champa out of the ring. Lashley took out Miz with a clothesline. Champa caught Lashley with a DDT upon entering the ring again. Went for a cover, got a two count. Lashley took it to Champa with a spear. Finally, Miz broke up the pin. Styles and Miz fought around ringside. And all of a sudden, this was by the timekeeper's area. Not, not really the timekeeper's, the announcer's desk on that side. Styles and Miz were fighting around near the commentary table. And all of a sudden, a guy in a hood in the crowd grabs Styles. So security dragged this guy out of the arena. Miz caught Styles with a boot on the floor. So all of a sudden, he goes to the opposite side of the ring. Suddenly, a security guard was there standing behind the Miz. 
and he takes his helmet off to reveal himself as Dexter Loomis. So Dexter Loomis was there wearing riot gear with the Miz not knowing. He choked out the Miz and he dragged him over the barricade and in the aisleway, all of a sudden disappearing from everybody's sight. Miz was motionless. Miz was lifeless. Dexter Loomis abducted the Miz, never to be seen for the rest of the show. So we don't know. He got a big pop. He got a big pop. So I don't know if this ended in a no contest or it ended in a DQ, which gave the Miz and Champa the victory here. I don't know. Lashley and Styles beat down Champa. Styles hit a phenomenal forearm. Lashley followed with a spear. And that was basically it. Dexter Loomis's facial expressions are something you guys are going to love, man. He no-sells everything. The man shows no emotion. He does what he does at a very, very, very good level. I love it. And this is what we all loved about him in NXT. He did not show any emotion whatsoever. He speaks in, like, fucking sign language or blinking of his eyes. He don't even nod. He just stands there. He's like a fucking corpse. It's great. Now, I thought that Champa and Miz were going to have a split traditionally. One was going to go heel. The other was going to go babyface. I thought we were going to get a, a traditional split here with Johnny Gargano coming to save the day and saving Champa from Miz. And we thought Dexter Loomis was originally targeting AJ Styles. But that doesn't seem to be the case at all. We don't know what the fuck is going on with Dexter Loomis. Here we thought he was targeting AJ Styles, but... Tonight, it is now apparent he wanted the Miz. He abducted the Miz, kidnapped the Miz. I don't know what is going to happen here now. But the thing is, Champa and Miz are a tag team. Now, there's nothing Champa could have done because nobody expected Dexter Loomis to come out and abduct the Miz. But what if? What if this is going to play into what is next for Tommaso Champa? Who's to say Tommaso Ciampa and Dexter Loomis aren't in cahoots? Why is he in the building? Why does he have access to the building? Somebody clearly is working with him. It may be Tommaso Ciampa. It may be the way for WWE to pair Dexter Loomis and Tommaso Ciampa together to give Ciampa some real fucking heat as a heel on the main roster, kind of starting from scratch. You know, Triple H could do the psycho killer Tommaso Ciampa, but he needs a starting point. Everybody knows that Ciampa could wrestle. Everybody knows Ciampa could talk. But he's going to need some character development in front of this audience that may not know him to kind of set him free on the main roster and give him his own path on the main roster. Through Dexter Loomis, that may be the case. It's an oddball pairing, but so was Johnny and Dexter Loomis down in NXT. Who's to say we can't do the same with Tommaso Ciampa and Dexter Loomis on the main roster? I don't know. The Psycho Killers. Somebody in the chat said Psycho Killers. Jonathan Spaulding, Psycho Killers. Yes, legitimately, Dexter Loomis is a fucking psychopath. Who better to learn from from the Psycho Killer himself? Tommaso Ciampa. I love it. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but it would be a good starting point for Tommaso Champ on the main roster. Now, who, who was that other guy? I don't know. I don't know who that other guy was. No identity. Nothing about it on social media did I see. I didn't hear nothing about 
this guy on Fightful or the Dirt Sheets. He may have just been a random plant. Some guy that they paid off to fucking wear the hood, wear the outfit, pretend like uh, he was Dexter Loomis so that Loomis could realistically get to Miz without any distraction. He outplayed the security. He outplayed the police. It's pretty much what that spot was for. But I don't know, man. Again, interesting developments on Monday Night Raw. Triple H is making things interesting. Triple H is developing story. And Triple H is getting you excited to watch what happens next week. What isn't there to like here? I don't know how many fucking times I used those words and that terminology while Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard were booking this show. Excited to watch Monday Night Raw next week with what Vince and Bruce put on the show? I can't remember the last time I said that. How many times have we said that since Triple H has been in charge the last four weeks? Seemingly every week. Gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. Johnny Gargano. He's back. All of a sudden, we heard Rebel Heart on the PA system. So happy to hear Rebel Heart back in WWE. Whatever they had him doing as far as his heel work in NXT, he kind of got comfortable with it enough to really own it. And he was a good heel. I didn't believe him as a heel. And I hated the theme music. So hearing Rebel Heart got me excited. Johnny Gargano made his unannounced surprise ring return tonight on Monday Night Raw. Nobody knew he was in the building. Nobody knew until he was walking backstage right before this appearance that he was back. Obviously, the reports were true. He's interested in returning. Shawn Michaels was tasked with reaching out to him. Obviously, all of that worked. With Triple H now in charge, it was an easy decision for Johnny Gargano to come back to the WWE. He is in good hands and probably being paid very well. He never wanted to leave to begin with. He was worried about scheduling because of his family. Just had a kid, right, with Candace, And he was worried about long-term creative plans for himself. They didn't really give him top billing anymore. They didn't give him top priority. They didn't have anything laid out for him in NXT. They basically changed the the entire brand without really having a, a role or a spot for Johnny Gargano on the brand that he actually made his home. He was the heart and soul of NXT, black and gold. He made his unannounced surprise ring return tonight on Monday Night Raw. Johnny Wrestling Chance broke out. Toronto knew exactly who he was. Everybody loved him here. Crowd was cheering. Crowd loved it. He took the microphone. He was excited to be there. He looks good. He thanked them for reminding him who he is. He introduced himself to those who don't know him. I was kind of a big deal back in NXT. Yes, he was. He was a big deal for a lot of people. He was a big deal because what he and Champa did was magic. What he and Champa did in NXT got a lot of people talking about WWE and the hope for change in WWE. They were at the center of it. They were black and gold. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa are single-handedly responsible for revitalizing my passion for the WWE product. Without NXT, I would be a black heart, no pun intended. I did not give any fucks at all about the WWE product. NXT was always there for me on Wednesday night at one hour, and this was well before AEW. What they did down there was special. 
And those two men are single-handedly responsible for bringing that brand to become the best brand in all of North America at its peak. Nobody was on the level of Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and what they did in NXT. Nobody. They had everything perfect. I was kind of a big deal. Yes, he was. That's an understatement. He listed his accolades. Former NXT champion, former North American champion, former tag team champion, triple crown winner in NXT. He talked about baby wrestling at home and being away from the ring for nine months. We got a baby wrestling chant here. And then he said, yes, someday he will appreciate this when I show him. Talked about not being sure what was next for him. Said he he dreamed of coming back and becoming an IC champion and becoming a U.S. champion, becoming a WWE champion, which I can absolutely see. Wrestling at WrestleMania. He said he wanted to show his son that you could chase your biggest dreams. He said if you work hard enough, you can get anything out of life. He said he is betting on himself once again. All of a sudden, Austin Theory walked out and interrupted Johnny Gargano. Theory asked, is this real right now? What's it been? Like nine months, he said. He entered the ring. Fans are chanting, who's your daddy? At Austin Theory. You could thank Roman Reigns for that. Theory said a lot has happened in the last nine months. Gargano said he changed a lot of diapers and he's watched Theory too. You've changed a lot, Theory. Theory says he's become the youngest United States champion, competed at WrestleMania already. He said with the Money in the Bank briefcase, he's on his way to becoming the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. He said it's almost like all the things that Johnny Gargano has dreamed of, I've already accomplished. I laughed. I thought that was great. He said he couldn't have done any of it without Johnny's influence. He said he took him under his wing in NXT. He said only idiots are shouting what. He got a big what chant throughout his segment. It continued while he was talking because he egged it on even more. Theory says now he's the veteran and Gargano is the rookie. He said maybe he can carry his bags or even carry this briefcase and hand it to him right before he cashes it in at Clash of the Castle. I can show you the way, he said. The way here is a throwback to the group that Johnny Gargano Formed in NXT. It was Austin Theory, Johnny Gargano, Indy Hartwell, and Candice LeRae, Johnny's wife. He said if he doesn't want to stand behind him and support him, maybe he should just go away. He said for old time's sake, let's do the way high five. Gargano, he played into it a little bit, and then Austin Theory was yelling, high five, high five, let's do it, let's do it. And Johnny Gargano stepped back and super kicked him in the face instead. Gargano celebrated. Theory was out on his back. And that's the way the segment went off the air. Happy that Johnny is back. It may not be the way that you or I or anybody anticipated. It may not be with Tommaso Ciampa. But Johnny Gargano being back is an absolute fucking great move. I expected it to happen. I didn't know if it was going to happen this week. Well, I didn't know it was going to happen this week, but it was going to happen, and it's a great thing. And he's going to add so much to whatever brand he absolutely stays with, whether it's Raw or SmackDown, via the draft. He's going to add so much to whatever brand he's on. 
you guys are going to fall in love with Johnny Gargano. This is basically the thing that I wanted with Johnny and how Bruce and Vince didn't see this. You know, a lot of times people think, oh, Johnny Gargano's too small. He's a vanilla midget. He's this, he's that. He's an indie darling. Fuck this wrestling shit. Get the fuck out, man. Johnny Gargano basically is a mirror image of Brian Danielson. If you enjoyed Daniel Bryan in WWE, that's the role Johnny Gargano should be playing. Underdog, babyface, everybody loves him. He played it so good. And the reason why everybody fell in love with him in NXT. No reason why it can't be successful here. And with Triple H guiding him, he may end up being the guy that chases his dreams and achieves everything, man. Intercontinental title, United States title, WWE title. I see all of that happening for Johnny Gargano, especially now. Edge. Edge versus Damian Priest. This was the main event. Damian Priest got his own ring entrance. We did not hear the other side by Alter Bridge, which is Judgment Day's theme music. We got Finn Balor having a little bit of a new theme, remix of his old theme, his NXT theme, kind of darker and a little bit more uh, Judgment Day-esque. Same thing with Rhea Ripley. A little bit of a different take on his NXT theme or his old WWE theme, I would say, and kind of Judgment Dated up. Sounded great. And I thought the presentation of both Finn Balor and Damian Priest individually were very good. Edge, obviously babyface Edge, still getting a little used to the short-haired version of Edge, but Edge is great. Nothing's changed there with his theme music. He's still coming out to Metalingus by Alter Bridge. This was a very good match, man. Really big-time main event feel of this match, even though it was Damian Priest and Edge on a Monday Night Raw. This is the first time, big deal. Edge wrestled on Monday Night Raw in over 10 years. Now, Edge has wrestled on Fox. He's wrestled, I believe, on SmackDown. Uh, last year, he wrestled Seth Rollins in Madison Square Garden, which was tremendous. It was a fucking great match. But this is Monday Night Raw. Edge has wrestled on television for WWE, away from a pay-per-view, in the last calendar year. He has done so. But not Monday Night Raw. That's the selling point of this match. Back in Toronto, back on Monday Night Raw in over 10 years. And they really played up that throughout the show, which was a great thing. So they really went at it for 20 minutes, man. This had a big main event feel to it. So Beth Phoenix was sitting in the audience. You knew she was going to get involved in some way. Fans broke into a loud, let's go, Edge chant. Edge got the early advantage here. Side headlock. Priest was fighting out. Edge pushed him down, sent him out of the ring. Priest took over with a cheap shot on Edge. He sent Edge into the corner, but Edge slipped out. He then tricked Priest, caught him with a clothesline at ringside, followed up with a powerbomb on the barricade, which looked great. Edge sent Priest into the apron and then into the ring steps. Back in the ring, Priest tried to fight back. Edge went for a crossface, but Priest escaped, rolled out of the ring. Edge hit a sliding drop kick. Priest then pushed Edge into the ring post and threw him into the barricade. Priest then hit a falcon arrow back in the ring, got himself a two-count. Priest missed the big move coming off the top rope. Edge recovered, caught Priest with a swinging net breaker in the ropes. He followed up with a flying crossbody out to the floor. Priest recovered, hit a choke slam into the ropes, and followed up on the outside. Threw Edge to the outside, takes Edge into the razor's edge, and dumps him onto the announce table, puts him through the announce table, 
He is in complete control over Edge right now. So, big kicks then, followed with Damian Priest taking advantage of Edge. Edge avoided the last of the kicks, the series of kicks. Priest was still in control. Edge gave Priest a hurricanrana off the second turnbuckle. He went for a spear. Priest countered with a kick to the face. He followed up with an unprettier. He went for a cover, got a two count. They traded back and forth shots. Edge caught Priest with a DDT. He recovered. Priest hit the reckoning. Priest set up for a spear. Edge countered with a South of Heaven chokeslam. Referee all of a sudden got knocked out of the ring. Priest went for a concerto. So now chairs are brought in the ring because the referee is down. Edge rolled out of the way, broke off a piece of the steel on the chair. Edge took advantage of Priest with a crossface with the piece of the chair in Priest's mouth. He did this with Roman, and he did this with Seth Rollins. Edge released the crossface. Priest ended up with the piece of the chair in his hands. Edge went for the spear instead. Priest hit him with, a spear, with, a, with the chair, the metal rod with the chair, right in the head. He fell down like a ton of bricks. Edge all of a sudden gets back up. He's fighting back. Hits a goddamn Canadian destroyer. Now, it may not look impressive, but I've never seen Edge do a Canadian destroyer. Yes, we've seen Ricky Morton at 60-something years old do a Canadian destroyer. We've seen Dustin Rhodes do Canadian destroyers. It's usually a thing in AEW with everybody doing a fucking destroyer. But Edge has never done that in, in my... Well, all the time I've been watching Edge, i never seen him do it. So it was impressive to see him do a Canadian destroyer in Toronto. It was great. He then hit the spear for the one, two, three, and he got the win over Damian Priest. After the match, Edge grabbed two chairs. He was going to do concerto to Damian Priest. Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor ran out. They beat down Edge. All of a sudden, Beth Phoenix jumped the barricade, ran in for the save. She grabbed the chair. Judgment Day backed off because Beth Phoenix was slamming the chair on the mat and kind of intimidating all of Judgment Day. Rhea Ripley was foaming at the mouth, trying to get to Beth Phoenix while Finn Balor and Damian Priest were holding her back. Fans pop big for this, and they're very much looking forward to seeing these two ladies get it on. Whether it's one-on-one or mixed tag team match in a clash of the castle, I could see Balor and Rhea Ripley versus Priest uh, versus uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix with Priest wrestling tonight because he's not going to be factored in to the clash of the castle match. Or, or... We see Edge, Rey Mysterio, and Beth Phoenix versus Damian Priest, Finn Balor, and Rhea Ripley at Clash of the Castle, which we already have a six-person tag team match there with the ladies. It might be a little bit too much adding another one, but we'll see what happens. But either one of those two scenarios I could absolutely see taking place. But Beth Phoenix is going to be in their corner, and she's going to be wrestling because you're going to need another dominant female to take that dominant female role from Rhea Ripley And that's the perfect woman to do it. I thought this was great. I thought this was great. And maybe, maybe Dominic is the deciding factor in that, whether he swings the other side to the other side and joins Judgment Day, or he is back on the same page as his father. I thought Monday Night Raw was solid. Crowd was a little iffy. Toronto was not Montreal on Friday Night SmackDown. They were dead in some parts. They were loud in others. Not really the best crowd, but solid show. Great wrestling, intriguing stories, 
We got that great ending with Beth Phoenix. We got Bill to clash at the castle. We got one step closer to ending this godforsaken women's tag team title tournament. Good stuff. Very happy with the way Monday Night Raw has been. And Triple H is doing his thing, slowly but surely, man. That is all we can really, honestly, be happy with right now. This is, this is change. It's better now, the last four weeks, than it has been all year. What more do you want in such a short period of time? And it's only going to continue to get better. You just got to give it time. You got to give it time. I appreciate you guys joining me tonight, man. Awesome show. We're going to go over some super chats in just a little bit. We got 1,500 likes. You guys are fucking awesome, man. 1,500 was the minimum. You blew it away. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We're going to hang out in just a second. Memberships are open. 50% off for all channel memberships for the month of August. So if you guys want to become a VIP, hit that join button. Hit that subscribe button as well. Turn on the bell for notifications. And follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Tonight's show sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, guys. The summer's winding down, but the summer heat is continuing in the bedroom. The temperatures aren't the only thing rising this summer, guys. Episode is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. Confidence, number one thing, man. No matter what you do in life, confidence is going to take you far. Especially when it's coming that time, coming up to that time to step up to the plate and get it done in the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets. You guys can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead, be ready whenever that opportunity does arise. And it's very simple, guys. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. And the tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped direct to you in a very discreet package. I always talk about first impressions, man. Triple H has had a great first impression the first four weeks. And you know what else he's doing, man? He's creating a lasting impression. You're more prone to come back now next week because of what he's doing and the stories that he's telling and the characters that he's giving you on Monday and Friday. Not only is Blue Chew a great first impression, but it's going to be a great lasting impression. Sign up, guys. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com, code JD. And I want to thank them for once again supporting and sponsoring the podcast right here on OTS. Let's start at the top, guys. Rathuel. With a $2 super chat. D-O-double-G. Oh, you didn't know. Get him out. Says Rathuel. Road Dog is back. Road Dog is back in WWE. He takes over for Jeff Jarrett, becoming the executive vice president of live events for WWE. The takeover of Triple H 
He's all over the place. Tony Brown with a 199 super chat. He says, Bailey Booty. Oh, yeah. Bro, never mind Bailey. Bailey was the supporting act tonight, man. What about Trish? Oh, my goodness. Michelle Moran with the $2 super chat. To me, AJ is going to be stalked by Santos Escobar. Man, Santos is coming to the main roster. I can't wait. I think Santos fits on SmackDown, though. Can't be giving Monday Night Raw everybody. I think Santos is going to SmackDown. I think Santos is going to be a big money player, man. He may present himself in a way that is, uh, you know, who wants his services more? He's got it all, man. Santos is great. Scorpion with a 499 Super Chat. You realize Graves kept mentioning this will end with the six, with Judgment Day and Edge. Some may think he was mentioning Toronto, but maybe Wyatt six. Now, Scorpion, I think you're looking uh, too much into it, bro. It's either going to be one of two things. It's either going to be Edge and Beth versus Finn and Rhea, or it's going to be Damian, Finn, and Rhea versus Ray, Edge, and Beth. We will see. Sidro. With a $5 super chat, he's got a joke for us, guys. Sidro has another joke for us. Why did Rikishi become a Chinese food chef? He did it for the walk. That may have been my favorite one, Sidro. That may have been my favorite one so far, bro. Love you, JD. I've been watching you since 2016 and will continue. Hashtag Gargano is back. Yes, indeed, brother. Yes, he is, man. He did it for the walk. You guys are fucking crazy, man. Hockey nerd fan with a new membership. Brother, what are you drinking tonight? JP5150 with a $10 super chat. JD, in all honesty, a Johnny Gargano entrance without Rebel Heart playing in the background is too weird in my opinion. So I can admit I'm happy and excited to see Gargano back once again. Solid show. JP, absolutely right. Solid show indeed, brother. Ron Davis with an 11-month recommitment to the VIP club. What's up, JD? My son and I went to Raw last week in D.C. He... Sawyer wants to know if you think The Fiend will return. And we pop for Johnny's return. Uh, Ron, you can tell your son, I do think 100% that The Fiend is coming back. If I had to gauge on when he'd come back, I'm going to say somewhere in October. Just goes right along with what The Fiend is all about. I don't know if he's going to come back as The Fiend, but Bray Wyatt will be back in the WWE. Mark my words. 
Sidro with another $5 Super Chat question. With Edge having Beth, who will be, who will his other partner be for a possible six-man? Sidro, I talked about this, man. Um, I think it'll be Rey Mysterio if they do the six-man route. Also, imagine Cody versus Gargano. Take my money. Absolutely. Cody versus Johnny Gargano, man. Take it all. Take it all. Eugene Morgan with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? Loving the shows more and more. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Eugene. Already thinking of ways to completely enhance the interactiveness of the show, too. I just got to get the the motivation to get it done. I want to do a commercial for the VIP club. I want to get... A legit VIP lounge where we sit in the VIP lounge at the end of the night and do some super chats. Get out of the bar, give you guys the ambiance of a VIP lounge. We'll see. Maybe, you know what I'm thinking about? You know what I'm thinking about doing? You know how Doc has, uh, Dr. Disrespect, you know how Doc has those scenes where he kind of walks in, gives himself a break from the stream, walks into frame and does his spiel. I want to do that. Maybe I'll show you guys the other side of the bar. That's what I'm thinking about. I don't know. I don't know. We got a couple of more weeks for the beer garden, man. The beer, the beer garden's going away for the summer. We'll be back in the OTS venue. We'll see what happens. What am I playing here? Uh, the Undertaker. The 12-month recommitment to the VIP club. 12-0 he is. Alas, I've made it a year without falter. Welcome back, rebel-hearted one. We dearly missed you, OTS for life. Happy to have you for 12 months, Undertaker. Great job, bro. You are undefeated. Ryan T becomes a new member. What are you drinking, Ryan T? Jimmy Fingers, 519. Another area of change that has been noted... I might be in the minority, but I'm seeing more heel-on-heel confrontation. That is more realistic to me. Yeah, plus it gives them the opportunity to get it over with the fans. Gotta break the monotony, bro. Gotta break the fucking Vince McMahon ways. Can't do that unless we explore and give people different shit. The Omnist Roan with a 499 Super Chat. With all this change happening in WWE, how would you from 2020 react if you were to tell them about what's happening now in WWE? I don't know, man. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people think that this uh, this new positive vibe that I have the last four weeks is something new. No, it's always been there. It's always been there. I've had to tell you for years. Far too long, if you're asking me honestly. I've had to tell you for years why these shows sucked. And all the shit that I said we need to start fixing is now being fixed. The shows are better. I want the WWE to be a good show. I don't want to come on here weekly and complain. And let's be real. I've been a fan of what Triple H has been doing in NXT for years and said it then that that needs to be the way. And now we're seeing it. 
This is like something new for the people. JD's too positive. JD's a shield now. He's an e-drone. I've always been for what Triple H's vision has been. You just were too fucking stupid to see what I was saying. Not you, Roan, but the other fucking people. Ball Coach, 1028 with a new membership. Ball Coach, what are you drinking, brother? Sidro with another $5 super chat and another joke. What did Hulk Hogan ask in arts and crafts class? What you gonna glue, brother? I like the other one better. I did it for the walk. Hashtag tribal chief of the IWC forever. Thank you, Sidro. Love these jokes, bro. I don't know where you're getting them, but I love them. What you gonna glue, brother? Scorpion, 199 Super Chat. Dexter was also in the way somewhat. Kind of, I mentioned that. $50 Super Chat from Hockey Nerd Fan. Was at the show tonight. Emotional seeing Edge back in Toronto. My first WWE show since before my heart surgery. I was happy to see Johnny Gargano back with Rebel Heart. Cheers, OTS family with Grey Goose and Ice Tea. Hockey Nerd Fan, we're happy that you're in the venue, brother, and we're happy that you had a good time, bro. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Scorpion. Or Scorpio, 1117 with a $5 super chat. Lost you there for a minute. Hey, JD, who do you think looks hotter in trunks, Jake Cargill or Rhea Ripley? That's a tough one, bro. I'm going to have to say Jake Cargill. Gary Gordon with a $5 super chat times two. According to Bet Online, Roman Reigns has emerged as a $160 favorite to beat Drew McIntyre at Clash and live his 400 over Shayna. I don't know about that, bro. Normally, you can't really look at those things until day of the show, man. Things drastically change. Can we please fix LA Night? I hope so. I hope so, bro. Just like Triple H is doing with Kevin Owens, I think he could do the same with LA Night. Lena Scorpio 20 with a $5 super chat. Hunter hooking us up with bringing back Johnny Wrestling. So happy to see him back getting the pop. He deserved this tonight. Trish looked amazing. Yes, she did. Fabian Cleveland with a $2 super chat. Did you see that Road Dog is back with WWE? Yes, I'm happy he's back. The DX documentary and seeing Road Dog on there actually made me kind of sad, bro. The one that just premiered on AE. We got a new membership from Lou97. Lou, what are you drinking, brother? Louie, what are you drinking, man? Pizza Turd. Two-month membership. 
Police found the Miz's body dumped on the 401 in Toronto after 11 p.m. There will be no further investigation. Loomis freed Champa. Maybe. Maybe Loomis was like, hey, I agree with JD. Let's get the Miz away from Champa and end this shit. Gary Gordon with another $5 super chat. Waiting for trips to bring back the overrun. Better will happen soon. I don't know, man. We got three hours of Monday Night Raw. I don't think we need a fucking overrun on Monday Night Noah Tacon with a two-month membership. Noah, thank you, brother. Please burn the goddamn women's titles. Throw the 24-7 title in the dumpster. Light it on fire while we're at it. OTS for life. I agree with you, Noah. I can't really disagree with you there, brother. Deshaun Peace with a 499 Super Chat. I'm glad Johnny didn't go to AEW. I feel like he would have gotten lost in the shuffle with Punk, Omega, Mox, and MJF. They don't need anybody else over there, man. AEW doesn't need anybody else. Ricardo Linnell. With a $5 Super Chat. Triple H, can you please put the 24-7 title on Bruce, then fire him so that we can get rid of all the trash at once. JD, love the show. Thank you for OTS. Ricardo, no problem, brother. Riddick's Classic Arcade with a 23-month recommitment to the VIP club. That's a long fucking time, Riddick. Since black and gold, I couldn't wait for Triple H to take over. Then they dismantled everything he built. It's so satisfying to see him finally take over. It was the way then. It is the way now, Riddick. Only took a little bit. And the death of a brand to bring him back. Gary, the new man. With a $10 super chat. I hope they let Johnny go back to NXT tomorrow. I do believe he has some unfinished business to handle. And big shout out to Issa hitting 18K today. I saw that. Congratulations to Issa. Last time I checked, she was at 15. Glad to see that she's growing. We love Issa. Vegeta313 with a six-month membership. Glad to see Johnny Wrestling is back. OTS for life. I'm happy to see Johnny wrestling back as well. Sidro with a $5 super chat. Okay, last joke, but not WWE related. My flat earther friend decided to travel across the world to prove it is flat, but in the end, he came around. I still think that, uh, I still think that one, uh, he did it for the walk was the best one so far, bro. They go in order, first, second, and third. I am not a flat earther. AJ Styles maybe, but I'm not. AWC Legend with a 449 UK Super Chat. Subscribe for a while now, and I don't regret it. Really enjoy OTS. I'm glad I found your channel, OTS for Life. AWC Legend. Comment of the evening, brother. Thank you so much, man. Happy that you're in the venue. Eugene Morgan with two months. Two-month VIP. 
I don't think Bret Hart cares for Triple H much and vice versa. Wonder if his relationship with WWE will change. I don't know, bro. There's no reason for Bret Hart to even be back in the WWE anymore. Tenorio, 128 with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? Now that Johnny Wrestling is back, do we see Candice come back as well and help the women's division? I think so. I think so. I think Candice LeRae will be back. Christy Wilson with a 499 super chat. Johnny Gargano's return was awesome. Indeed, it was. Tenorio with a $5 super chat. Hello again, JD. Question. What is a good place in the Bronx to go get a good chicken parmesan? Somewhere on Arthur Avenue, brother. Any one of the good Italian spots on Arthur Avenue. You can't go wrong. Or you really want... Listen, man, I love Il Molino's chicken parmesan. There's an Il Molino in uh, Long Island. Or on Long Island. In the... uh, In the Manhasset area, I believe. There's one in Atlantic City that I frequent as well. And, uh, yeah. Can't go wrong with a good chicken parmesan, man. Always a good meal, no matter what. To be honest, I haven't had a good chicken parmesan in the Bronx, man. I don't even know where to go. But Arthur Avenue would probably be my first choice. Can't go wrong there. Uh, Dustin Hill with the 499 Super Chat. Edge announced to the live crowd after the show that he'd like his last match to be next August back in Toronto. Thoughts on a final match? Yes, John Cena. John Cena. I don't know if we will uh, be able to get that, but uh, I I do think that John Cena and Edge would be one hell of a last match for Mr. Cena, uh, for Mr. Edge. I didn't know he said that after the show was over. Well, clearly I didn't because I wasn't there. Ricardo Linnell with a $5 super chat. Love watching Triple H's WWE. The truth can also be positive. Keep speaking it, JD, no matter what the Twitter geeks say. I'm not stopping anytime soon, Ricardo. You got nothing to worry about, bro. Carol22 with a $1 super chat. No message. Carol, why are you being shy, honey? We got a 199 from Hooker T. I'm bummed, J.D. The Mets lost to the Yankees tonight. Good. Good, I'm a Yankees fan for this uh, this night and tomorrow night. Only a two-game series. T. Will with a 99-cent Super Chat. I don't need it, bro. Put it in the tip jar. Sidro. I thought Sidro was done with the jokes, but he's got another one. Fadal Super Chat. He says, how did Rusev... Become so fluent in his second language, his partner could aid in English. Okay, you know, you know, Sidro, that, that's enough for you, bro. That was a good one. That was a good one, bro. T Will with a 199 super chat. He's not shy of this one. Can you see Brit in WWE with Cole versus Sasha? Britt is going to be in AEW for the next five years, T-Will. She ain't going anywhere. And so will Adam Cole. Steven Escalante with a 199 Super Chat. Replace the 24-7 championship with the Cruiserweight title. No. 
The Cruiserweight title has had two opportunities in the WWE, and I don't really give a shit anymore. Will Triple H do right by it? Yes, but, uh, I mean, I don't care. No more titles. We don't need any more titles. Fallen exposure with a $2 super chat. Remember when uh, Bliss was with Blake and Murphy? Yes, I do. OTS. Steven Escalante with a 199 super chat. You think WWE should have a TV? Steven, no more belts! Steven Escalante, no. No. Awesome conspiracy with a five-dollar super chat. Johnny Gargano should make one last trip to NXT to superkick Grayson Waller into next week. He has unfinished business with him. Keep it up, JD. We could see it tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. And Jericho eighty-one thirty-one. With a $10 super chat, would you be interested in seeing Legato Del Fantasma go to SmackDown and continue feeding with Hit Row? Also, I agree. Sonny Kiss doesn't belong on AEW television. The WrestleMania main event is more like it. Jericho, I don't know what you meant by that. Sonny Kiss in the WrestleMania main event? I may have to dump you, Jericho. Don't, don't let me yell get out for you, Jericho. You've been a loyal VIP here, bro. I don't know what the fuck you're insinuating there, bro, but I'm going to have to ask you to calm down. And MGM balling with a 499 Super Chat when Trish took her jacket off. Oh, my goodness. And Hooker T. Hooker T with another 199 Super Chat. FYI, JD, I'm comprised of both Mr. T and Hook. Thank you for the inside information, Hooker T. Where are my hookers at? Normally, that's a rampage thing. I guess we could say that now for Hooker T. Where's his hookers at? Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. I got some uh, last-minute prep to do for Destiny and their new Season 18 tomorrow. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight, though. We killed it. Number one in the community, man. Number one in the community, brother. 1,200 more than Fightful. Almost double the amounts over the Sala Monster and everybody else. I mean, fucking kiss my ass. Gotta love it. Gotta love it, man. I may be back with an extra tomorrow. Seeing that there may be more news about Gargano and the identity of this other guy that was with Loomis. So keep you guys posting on all that. Next time you see me live is uh, tomorrow. 
I think NXT is going to start to slowly pick up, guys. So uh, we may be doing a lot of NXT stuff. I'll be live tomorrow night after NXT. And then Wednesday night is the big night this week, guys. Wednesday night is the big night. John Moxley and CM Punk unifying the AEW titles with a potential asshole from Long Island, Plainview, Long Island, possibly, possibly being in the building. We will be live. Can't wait. Follow me on social media, guys, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, including last night's live stream, episode 441. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. 2,000 likes minimum. You guys know what to do. And Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout for your free sample. Guys, I need two things before I get out of here. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, all five of you that uh, joined today. Thank you so very much. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. And I need that music on max. I did it for the walk. I'll see you guys tomorrow night live for NXT. I'll see you later.